Welcome to Socially Distant, Spiritually Close, a podcast dedicated to exploring the biggest spiritual questions of this complex and challenging moment. I'm your host, Rabbi Michael Knopf. We have a uh, very special guest joining us for a little bit of uh, Parsha study and uh, conversation. Uh, we are uh, fortunate this morning to be able to welcome uh, Delegate Eileen Filler-Korn, uh, who is the 56th, 56th speaker of the Virginia House of Delegates and the first uh, woman and the first Jewish person to uh, hold that uh, esteemed position. Uh, she is uh, she served in the Virginia House of Delegates since 2010 representing the 41st district in the Fairfax County suburbs of Washington, D.C. Uh, and uh, before we uh, uh, formally welcome her to join in the dialogue, let me just uh, uh, read a, a bit from our Torah reading for today. So our Torah reading today is Parshat Ahre Motzim Kedoshim. And it's, uh, 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 it begins with chapter 16 of the book of Leviticus. But uh, the part I want to focus on uh, for this dialogue is chapter 19 which uh, is Parshat Kedoshim, the second of those two portions. Uh, and uh, it's sometimes known as the Holiness Code. Uh, and so before, we'll uh, uh, just uh, read a bit from the portion, say a blessing over studying Torah, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kichanu, B'mitzvotah V'tzivanu, La'asok B'divrei Torah. So uh, chapter 19 of Leviticus says that the infinite spoke to Moses saying, speak to the whole Israelite community and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the infinite, your God am holy. Um, It continues to uh, offer uh, laws that are related to personal piety and what we might consider religious rules, uh, dictates governing how we interact with the divine, how we worship and how we shouldn't worship. Uh, and, uh, and also things that might surprise you as rules regarding holiness. Uh, things like, as I mentioned earlier in the service, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and we're going to get into some of the uh, details of, uh, of what the portion commands this week. Um, but uh, I want to, uh, first of all, welcome uh, Speaker Fillercorn uh, with us this morning. It's wonderful to have you. Are you there? Yes, Rabbi. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Great. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I really enjoyed the service. Thank so you. It's I think you, you, you did your mitzvah. You accomplished your job. I, uh, I was actually studying Torah this week in anticipation of this and rereading things that I hadn't honestly read in a while and thinking about it. And I enjoyed the service this morning and all the prayers too with the well, cantor. Beautiful singing. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you so much. Um, and um, I'm glad that uh, uh, we got to, we're going to get to study a little Torah together. Um, and first of all, how are you and how is your family doing? Everybody's doing well. Thank you. I hope you all are too. I hope everyone's healthy. I know these are really, really tough times and we will get through this together. But um, I know with your, with your prayer, your leadership and your words uh, every Shabbat, I know that's very helpful to all your congregants. And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't congratulate Gavin. So proud of Gavin, even though I don't know you, but this is a huge milestone, and uh, congratulations. We're all so proud of you and able to, we're thrilled we're able to see you this way, at least, too. You'll have lots of stories to tell in the future moving forward about your special day, the day you became a bar mitzvah. And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, a shout out to uh, Maddie and Miles as well. 
uh, as the uh, as the parent uh, who has seen through children uh, through uh, B'nai Mitzvah. Uh, do you have any uh, guidance for uh, Jen and Robert, the parents of the Bar Mitzvah? <laughs> it's such an exciting time. I mean, it seems it seems for me like it was just yesterday. Yet mine are you know quite a bit older, but um, you know just all happy memories and uh, just just thinking about all the opportunities you'll have moving forward. And I've always felt like this as a parent that every every stage, every phase gets better and better so different and i loved it when they were little and you know but 13 and you know as you become a you know as the bar and bat mitzvah becomes a man and a woman it's just uh you know it's exciting to see that development and that maturity and um as they uh, come into their own so there's so much to look forward to thank you so let's jump into it the torah portion as i mentioned begins with the commandments you shall be holy for i the infinite your god am holy and uh, as I said, it becomes clear as the portion goes on that according to the Torah, holiness isn't just about personal religious piety, which is, I think, you know, how a lot of us think about it. And, uh, uh, and, and when, when religion is discussed in the public square, you know, that's, that's often the, um, the, the, the impression that people get about what it means to be religious. But the portion intersperses um, religious requirements with, um, with, with laws governing our relationships with each other. Uh, ethics and morals. So it's about ethical interpersonal behavior and the creation of a moral social order. Um, so what I wanted to ask you, if, you, if you'd be willing, is, is um, what do you see, what do you see as the relationship between faith and spirituality and um, righteousness and justice? Uh, and, and how has that played out in your life and career? Hmm. Well, interesting. Um, this, this Torah portion was very interesting. And I, I wrestled a little bit with combining the, um, you know, the, the two pieces, you know, the text of love your neighbor as yourself. And also the, you know, who, who is a stranger, who is, um, you know, the neighbor. Um, and then also tried to tie that in with what is, you know, the responsibility to care for ourselves during the pandemic, and then tying that in with the holiness and how, and who is the holy. And, you know, and I wrestled actually with the combination of the two and combining them together into one you know, one Torah portion. Um, for me personally, you know, Judaism truly has shaped who I am and my whole career and what I've chosen to do with, you know, with my life. Um, you know, I think Judaism with its teachings of uh, charity, kindness, um, giving, um, certainly, sincerely shaped kind of my motivation for wanting to give back to the community um, and also stem from several different Hillel quotes, um, but different ones that are mentioned here, um, you know, as in who is the stranger or love your neighbor as yourself. Um, you know, I think our spiritualism, our decisions for how we, uh, our deeds in the community, um, what we, how we decide to affect change um, stems from our upbringing. So I think for me, clearly, it was Judaism was the basis for it. Um, you know, love thy neighbor as the, the as their as yourself. I mean, what what does that mean? Well, to me, and I think to to many like-minded you know elected officials, it means treat everybody as you would like to be treated, and also you know who is the stranger. You know, and I think in, in these times we're going through such rough times, and uh, you know in our in our country, and and I mean actually not just as it relates to the pandemic and the current crisis. But what can we do to ensure that nobody feels like a stranger and that everybody feels like a neighbor? And we want to treat others as we would like them to treat 
treat us. And I think we do that. I do that, certainly, as I try, I try to achieve that through legislation and through making a difference in people's lives and passing legislation that levels the playing field. And so maybe that speaks a little bit more you know, to your question about the holiness. Um, again, I, I still grapple with how is that connected with love your neighbor as yourself? Who is the stranger? Who is the neighbor? Um, but I know when I think back to um, the Hillel quote that I think I feel also that really helped inspire me is if I'm not for myself, who will be, you know, who will be for me? And if I am only for myself, who am I, you know, who am I, if not now, when? And I think those words serve, serve as motivation for me just to step up and to do something and to make a difference. Um, but using the Jewish values that I hold most dear, certainly for me, are more tikkun olam and repairing the world and how do I give back. And all that for me ties in with Judaism and with Hillel and with these quotes and specifically just coming up with legislation that levels the playing field and makes sure that we help those most vulnerable in our community and so that everybody is treated as an equal and we can lift everybody up and nobody is truly the stranger. Uh, so I, I love that. And I, and I want to maybe uh, pick up on that uh, for, for a moment uh, because, or, 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 you know, drill down on that for a moment because, um, you know, one of the things that I think that this pandemic has shown us and reminded us is that, you know, our neighbor is not just the person who lives next door to us, that, you know, that, that we really are a, a, a national community and, uh, and a global community um, such that, you know, an, an, an illness that's first contracted uh, in China um, can spread across the globe in a matter of weeks and, and months and, and, uh, and upend so many of our lives. So we're, we really are uh, deeply connected to each other. We really do live next door to, to everybody. But at the same time, you know, the, the challenge, I think, as you pointed out, that, that you know, this pandemic has really shown um, that even as we are all interconnected and on some level we're all in this together, that the, um, that the, that the illness um, has uh, impacted individuals and communities very differently. You know, if you uh, are already vulnerable, if you are already uh, uh, infirm or elderly, or if you are somehow on the margins, if you are uh, a, a member of a minority community, a person of color, uh, a, a, a person who's living in poverty, um, that you are uh, more vulnerable in this moment uh, and, and uh, it's uh, impacting people disproportionately. And so, you know, I wonder, um, you know, the, the Torah portion also says, um, do not favor the poor or show deference to the rich. Um, you know, it, it kind of, it, it zeroes in on, um, on, on, any, on social inequality. Um, and, um, and I'm wondering if you could reflect on that, you know, for, for a moment that um, that the pandemic uh, and the shutdowns, the economic issues have, have uh, impacted people who are already vulnerable, uh, especially hardly, uh, especially difficult. Um, and, and so what do you say to um, what, what do you say about that? To, uh, how do we create a more equitable society? Um, and has your thinking on that changed um, or evolved in the wake of the pandemic? All good questions. Um, I guess that's why you're the rabbi. Um, yeah, I think I think it has. I mean, I, I when I just think of what how our actions affect people every single day. So obviously, I can speak more from being a legislator and actually, you know, coming up with laws that are going to make a difference and impact people's lives. And you know, we say this a lot, but you know, it's all about elevating people, leveling the playing field, and making sure that everybody has a voice, providing a voice to the voiceless, helping 
you know, raise up those less fortunate or more vulnerable. We can do so in so many different ways. And I think we've seen so many wonderful stories, um, you know, of actions. People have really risen to the occasion, continue to every single day in the midst of this, you know, pandemic, this health crisis, this economic financial crisis. And um, I read a story the other day, I think it was in Houston, where there were some uh, um, young, young boys making masks for the first responders, um, those on the front lines, through Keep Hope. I don't know if you saw that. It's great. Yeah, sorry, the synagogue yeah. is fabulous. So you can share that with your members. I loved it. And, um, you know, when you, when you look at the you know, key boat, they are, they're actually perfectly shaped. Yeah. And so there's so many great stories about how people are doing just that. Um, and, you know, you're right. There's, you know, a, a lot of us, when you think of, you know, the hardships or the challenges we might face right now, they're nothing, nothing compared to what so many others, you know, are, are facing. And you're right. There's, there's a lot of um, inequity in, in our, in, a, in our, our laws and a lot of, um, you know, just a lot of, a lot of life. Um, you know, I think when, when we talk about Medicaid expansion, we, you know, we're fighting for, you know, health insurance uh, on so many fronts, on so many of these issues that are so near and dear to our hearts, you know, there, there is an inequity. And I think we've done a lot, um, certainly this past session to remedy some of that, to make a difference. When you think about those people that put it, are putting their lives on the line right now for us, whether you're talking talking about the you know health health professionals, you're talking about you know the the teachers that are you know that are rising up and trying to do all that they can, take care of their own families and their own parent, you know aging parents and their kids, and yet you know teaching our you know our kids. Um, you're talking about the grocery store workers. I mean, the list goes on and on. And a lot of what we did this session, I'm very proud of. We had a lot of legislative successes, again on issues that were so, have been so important to us for so many years that have never really gotten a full hearing and, and really no, no real success. This past year, we did. We moved the ball forward we, in a historic way and you know, were able to um, you know, elevate the middle class, help, you know, help those less fortunate, um, level the playing field. So whether you're, you know, you're talking about making it, you know, um, providing um, an opportunity for for uh, better opportunities for the for workers. I mean, there was something that that's an issue that's been so important and something that we've fought for year after year, whether we're talking about collective bargaining, whether you're talking about raising the minimum wage, the list goes on and on. This year, we were able to accomplish those things. And I think it became even clearer. And, you know, when you talk about health insurance, had these bills been in effect earlier, how many more people would be, you know, whose lives would be impacted and would be in a better position today? And uh, certainly when you're talking about how some of these bills and some of these issues and um, some of these issues just affect communities of color and, you know, as well, it's, it's clear, as you mentioned, Rabbi, right now, just looking at this pandemic. Um, and, you know, we took many steps this past session to, to try to rectify that or move us in the right direction. It's going to take more, a lot more than just one session, however. Um, it's, it's ongoing work. Uh, and, you know, I think... Uh, it, 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 that's pointed to in the opening lines of the Torah reading. It says, Kedoshim tihiyu, you shall be holy or you shall become holy. You know, so it gives the sense that uh, the work of, uh, of, of holiness, of pursuing holiness, of being holy is, is, uh, is not a once and done uh, issue that it's, uh, that it's sort of asymptotic. You can, it's like the horizon. You continue moving toward it. You continue striving for it, uh, but don't necessarily uh, uh, always uh, 100% achieve it. It's just incremental steps of of, uh, of continuing to move forward. And I, and I, I want to um, focus for a second on that opening 
uh, verse uh, uh, once again. So the, the, the commandment, you shall be holy, um, is phrased in the plural. Uh, uh, it's kadoshim tiyu, which is the, the plural, kadoshim. You all shall be holy, tiyu, you all, right? Uh, and, or, or as we say in Virginia, y'all or all y'all. All y'all shall be holy. Um, and it's addressed to the whole Israelite community, which implies, according to a lot of commentators, uh, that holiness is a communal pursuit rather than a personal one. So I, I'm wondering, um, as a legislator, as, as a leader, um, as a public servant, can you reflect for a minute on what a holy community would look like to you? Like, what's your, what's your overarching vision uh, for what the Commonwealth should look like? If you, you know, if, if you are, you know, as successful as you can possibly be, um, as a, a speaker of the house uh, and uh, uh, for the Commonwealth, what what will the Commonwealth look like when 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 you're all when it's when when you're all said and done? Um, and how does that vision impact your work? Wow, how much time do we have? <laughs> um, as you much know, as you're willing to give us. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could stay on forever. I wish I didn't have another uh, uh, prior uh, engagement here. But um, those are tough questions. Um, you know, again. I feel so proud of what we were able to accomplish this past session on so many fronts. And, um, you know, you know, whether we're talking about demanding, you know, delivering on expanding access to healthcare, whether we're talking about gun violence prevention, um, passing bills that really will truly save lives, whether we're talking about delivering on, you know, women's right to choose and healthcare decisions, whether we're making our criminal justice system more fair, um, whether we're talking about making, making voting easier so that people actually haven't, have the ability to vote. Um, we're talking about ratifying the ERA, um, you know, and uh, enshrining in the Constitution women's rights. Um, you know, lifting up working Virginians, giving them a fair chance, a fair shot, and raising the minimum wage. Um, you know, those are just some of the issues that we've been fighting for for so long, um, you know, and have made a lot of progress on this past session. Um, the environment, um, you know, anti-discrimination legislation, um, Virginia's, Virginia Values Act, I could go on and on. And that was just in one session. So for me, I'm so excited to think that, you know, we, we were able to move forward and make a difference and improve Virginians' lives on so many important issues. Those were just some of them. But if any one of them had been, you know, if we were able to move forward on any one of them, it would have been a tremendous successful session because we made a difference. In, in, you know, just in one area. In this case, we really moved Virginia forward on so many fronts that we were in, in areas that we were just unable to move forward for many, many years. Um, there's a lot more that we can do on all of those issues and then some. Um, you know, obviously when you're legislating, um, it's, all, it's all a process. Nothing happens overnight. It takes time. They, you know, everybody would always say, you know, incremental change. Um, I beg to differ this session. It was a lot more than just incremental change, but is there more? that we can do you know, to help all of these constituencies and all of these individuals and Virginians overall moving forward at next, next session, absolutely. But to your question specifically about um, Leviticus, I guess, and you know, what the, the holiness being more, is that more of a community than an individual? I think it is, and that's how I look at it. We, we need to work together. Together, we will overcome certainly this pandemic, we will move forward, but only if we're all in this together and able to, to give what we can. And it doesn't have to be, obviously, just by being an elected official. That's what I chose. But, you know, you're giving back to the community when, you know, obviously, when you're, when you're a teacher, you're giving back to the community, you're a rabbi, you're giving back to the, 
community when you're when you're helping you know raise your kids and providing you know insight to them and sharing your experiences you're giving back to the community obviously if you're a first responder you're giving back to the community if you're an artist and you're sharing your art and your talent all of those are ways to give back to the community and to make a difference and i think that maybe that's what they mean by holiness. It's not as an individual, but it's working together. And as it relates to just this pandemic, I think it's quite clear we can't all act as you know with regard to what's just helpful to us. We have to look at the community at large. And as we all know, you know we we might be uh, you know in our homes quarantined, and you know you're thinking, well, I'm just going to run out. I you know I have my mask. I'm healthy. You know, knowing full well that you could, you too could be a carrier and you could be, you know, sharing this, you know, this, this illness, this virus with someone else without even knowing it. So we have to be in this together as a community. And I think, um, you know, that's certainly what our, you know, uh, I think the perspective our, our governor has as he continues to lead us through this, um, you know, that yes, he's a, uh, an elected official, our governor, but he's also the only, um, doctor, the only physician, medical professional uh, governor in the entire country. So he comes from it with a perspective of, yes, this is economic and financial, also health. It's a, you know, it's an overall huge, tremendous crisis. And you have to look at all the pieces together in a very thoughtful, strategic way, also using data, using, using statistics, numbers, science. Um, but, you know, I think it is also our responsibility to care for ourselves and our neighbors throughout this pandemic. And I think that's the connection when I was reading that. I just saw that as not just as an individual, but every act we take, how is it going to affect our neighbors? And or are there some actions that we can take that will positively affect our community and, you know, and help and help all? And especially, Rabbi, as we start focusing on, you know, re reopening, what does that mean? What does it look like? Um, you know, again, we're thinking we have to look at the whole picture. And yes, we're looking at financial and economic. We're also looking at, you know, the, the health. Um, and again, of everybody, not just those in our inner circle and in our physical homes. You know, it's, a, it's a, uh, as, as we work on those uh, calculations and as, you know, we see what's, what's happening in other places around the country, you know, I think a lot of, uh, of a verse in the portion today and it says, do not profit by the blood of your fellow, right? So as we make, as we consider the economic uh, issues and, and calculations of, of reopening, um, you know, we have to be mindful about, uh, you know, whether or not we, you know, open up uh, the economy at the expense of people's lives. And, and, and I'm, I'm grateful uh, for, um, uh, for uh, Governor Northam's uh, um, uh, thought process and, and communication around that because, um, I think that that has been, you know, squarely in, in his mind as it has been for, for a number of, uh, uh, for many of the governors around the country. Um, I, I'm wondering, uh, if I'm looking at the time and I know that you're going to have to go in just a couple of minutes. Uh, do we maybe have time for one or two questions from the congregation? Sure. Great. Um, if you have a question or, or a, a thought that you'd like to share, uh, please, uh, please feel free to, uh, you're able to unmute yourself and you can uh, ask either me or, or uh, Speaker Fillercorn. Uh, I'll ask a question. Um, I, in terms of the elderly in long-term care facilities, I think that the current pandemic has highlighted a number of problem issues. 
And I just would wonder if the speaker has any thoughts about what she has seen as problems and what the role of government could be um, because they're our neighbors too. Absolutely. That's a good question. And talking about those most vulnerable, there's nobody more vulnerable than, than the seniors right now through this ep epidemic. And um, my husband and I, we have three of our parents in a senior um, community um, here in Northern Virginia. And so that's something that's on the forefront of our mind all the time. Um, they, you know, they made the decision early, early on to um, not just um, uh, quarantine in the building, but literally quarantine in the individual units. But um, I think that's a, you know, um, good question. Um, very big, big concern because I think the majority of the individuals that are contracting the virus, of course, are coming from from the employees, you know, that from from outside that come in. And again, they they too are, you know, performing um, mitzvot. I mean, they're they're helping and they're caring for the the you know, our, our parents and our grandparents and um, doing exactly what they need to be doing. Um, having said that, obviously that's, that's you know, the, the spread is um, increasing. I know with their, the community um, that our parents are in, um, they're, you know, they're, they're taking all the precautions they can. They have plenty of, um, of, test, uh, of tests as well. I understand that that has been an issue in some of the senior communities um, previous, um, I guess, up until now. I think there's um, definite um, uh, additional testing now that is being provided and they are focused on that. Um, so that, that should help out. Um, and, you know, again, a very vulnerable, vulnerable group and it's a vulnerable time for everybody because those of us can't visit our you know our parents as well but yes as far as a, a government um, as far as state government absolutely we have a um, you know uh, uh, responsibility to to care for them and do all we can I think uh, Governor Northam has um, indicated as of late um, some new new ideas and um, new procedures that will go into effect rather soon but that's a definite, definite concern for so many of us. Uh, thank you, Rita. Maybe one more uh, brief question. Anybody has one? I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. It's been, it's been great. And thank you, Rabbi, for the invitation. Uh, well, thank you so much for being here. It sounds like uh, maybe we've exhausted all the questions, which, uh, which, which is great. Uh, and. Um, we're, we're so grateful that you uh, joined us and that you came to uh, talk some Torah with us and that we could hear um, both your reflections on the, the meaning of some of the uh, core uh, uh, commandments and, uh, and values that are expressed in, in the Torah portion today, as well as being able to hear um, some of your thought process and, uh, uh, around the, um, what's currently unfolding and, um, and, uh, and, and uh, uh, how you envision a, uh, a more holy uh, Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, and, uh, and, and to uh, continue to uh, uh, sh share your vision for, um, uh, for the well-being of our entire community. You continue to uh, make uh, the uh, Jewish community of Virginia proud. Uh, we're, we're really grateful for your leadership and uh, your service, and so grateful that you were able to join us this morning to, uh, to, to talk some Torah with us. Well, thank you. I wish I didn't have to pop off. I've got another Another one of these in literally three minutes, but this was this was a highlight for me, very personal. So thanks for the invitation, Shabbat Shalom, and I look forward to seeing you all, at least at least seeing you this way, but hopefully in person soon too. Shabbat Shalom, thanks, thanks Rabbi. so much. Shabbat Shalom. 
This has been Socially Distant, Spiritually Close with Rabbi Michael Knopf. I hope that this episode has helped you find a little faith and hope, enrichment and uplift during this complex and challenging time. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you won't miss an episode. Please also rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice so that others will have an easier time finding us and joining in the conversation. Socially Distant, Spiritually Close is recorded during virtual gatherings of my congregation, Temple Bethel in Richmond, Virginia. Socially Distant, Spiritually Close is produced by Dr. Gillian Frank. Our theme music is composed and produced by Stephen Frost. Our cover art was designed by Judith Russian using a photograph by Miriam Aniel. I have been your host, Rabbi Michael Knopf. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.